0: This is Up The Creek, the definitive Jonathan Creek podcast with your host, my good friend Daniel Krupa and me, Gav Murphy. Today, we've got a dead gigolo in a bathtub, and that's not even the main mystery. In this podcast, we talk about Jonathan Creek via the effect, the method, and the reveal. Daniel, what is the effect of the Curse of the Bronze Lamp? A government
1: minister's wife and top solutions analyst, Lindsay Isherwood, is kidnapped and held for ransom. But while in prison, she is seemingly able to place her possessions around a small English village.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's a, that, I think that's a very good write-up, that is. Thank you. i tell you what, though. Better than the episode? Well, last episode, we were like, do you know what? Do you know what would be good? If Polly and Jonathan were just in the village solving little crimes. Well, we got what we wanted, Daniel. Are you walking that back now? <laughs> and it's still mad. <laughs> that's a thing. I, I, I generally think this is the first time I've seen this episode or I just wiped it from my memory or something. But... For large parts of it, I was having a, I was having a good old time. But for most of it, I was also just going, "What's happening? What am I watching?"
1: So I think I've only ever watched this once before. And the central mystery is at right at the top, classic Creek, and then disappears for a good twenty or twenty five minutes, and then every time you touch and the rest, the same mystery. <laughs> It
0: is always tangled up with something
1: else mad that is happening.
0: Unfortunately, I think maybe Jonathan Creek doesn't do very well sometimes. is It does like to mix very, very silly comedy stuff with quite serious and dark peril. I think sometimes it doesn't do that very well and it, it actually the macabreness of what they're doing it's actually a little bit insensitive and i kind of felt like that through quite a lot of this because it, it the whole denise thing is just
1: played as uh, a one big laugh so josie law is quite a famous british comedian that I, I guess we both kind of grew up with like she's part mm. of the same scene she's on loads of shows that we used to watch her character is insane
0: but also like what happens is insane as well because at some point a man dies in her bath and then she gets polly to help her cover it up Mm. and everyone is just going along with her he's dead polly the man i said was coming round tonight
1: it's like he just started gasping and rolling his eyes obviously I thought he was enjoying himself and then all
0: of a sudden he just went to funny colour and stopped breathing <laughs>
1: it's a really hard episode to talk about like we have with all the other Jonathan Creeks the series because mm. it just doesn't have the regular movement of a Jonathan Creek episode no there's just all these little digressions and tangents so yeah Polly is So they, Denise is their cleaner. Yes. And yet Polly is one of the first persons she rings when this guy dies in her flat. (laughs) Yes. And Polly goes along (laughs) and helps her and helps her dispose of her body. Well, kind of construct another crime scene. That's mad, that is. Yeah. Uh, The willingness in the show of people to do mad, illegal shit. (laughs) I know there's peer pressure. But if somebody's asking me to do that, I'm go I'm just going home.
0: So yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, so Polly and Denise, after disposing of this body, Denise just goes a bit nuts. Wants all traces of this man out of their house. So, like, changes her bed and then the next morning finds a watch in the in her bed mm. that belongs to Lindsay Isherwood. It's
1: engraved, isn't it? It's monogrammed.
0: Yes, and they've seen it on a ransom video, which has just been put on, like, a local uh, website. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't do that. But they recognise it from there, so they kind of go along with it. But, like, that's the thing, is, like, going along with stuff is very strange in this. Like, Jonathan is just in it as well. You're just like, that's fine. Um, and then when you find out, oh, it's actually not the male escort that Denise has ordered, who's in the bath. Jonathan even says the line, well, who was that who died in your bath? And I like, I laughed so much because it's so ridiculous.
1: <laughs> Why well, they just not, don't care about the fact a man died?
0: But I guess like the sad, really, really sad thing is the reason they're doing it is because Denise thinks she's going to get beat up or killed by her actual husband. Like that's really sad, that
1: is. I mean, before we get onto the method of Lindsay Ishwage, we just clear up the Denise thing. Yeah. So the man who sleeps with her mm. is her husband's mate who just comes around to have a look at her car but because she's all like seductive. He just ends up sleeping with her and he has a heart attack because he used to smoke 50 a day.
0: The mad thing is, though, she's not being that sexy with him. She's like, she's quite nervous about him mm. because she's ordered a male escort for the first time. And he just kind of goes along with, I guess, I don't know.
1: Unless unless he, from the get-go, thought that's what he was coming around for. Yeah. I know I he's a mechanic, know. but like the, the innuendo of like, oh yeah, he said he agreed to come around and look at your clutch. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still talking about
0: Jonathan <sighs> Creek? Oh, God. So that's her method. Lindsay issuer's method is that she uses a balloon to deliver her watch and tights to the outside world, communicating her whereabouts in an effort to escape. So the first thing we've got of this is while Polly and Denise are disposed of a body, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Polly sees a small pink butterfly. Mm. And this is another thing as well, like for a show which is kind of based in reality and deducing the correct thing information from things characters just go along with stuff like that they're like oh i saw small pink butterflies like did you like yeah that's what it was that's fine and then that's it that's what that thing becomes
1: at least it is
0: a early
1: available clue to the audience mm. and i don't think you'd ever get it but also at the birthday party at the beginning you do see lindsay with pink balloons yes it is given to the audience What I find wilder about this, and we talked about it last week with the previous episode, is quite like the Jonathan Creek episodes where a random set of events give the illusion of something magical happening. And it's actually a coincidence. And Jonathan comes in at a late stage once all this has happened. This is live. Mm. And it's too big a coincidence for Polly to be involved in it as it's also happening. Yeah, That's, I think, too contrived. It's okay when Jonathan's brought on as a consultant and this has happened independently to lots of random people. But it's like, they're
0: happening to them all the time in this village, live. Yeah, I guess so. I Like, that's the thing. Like, I was like, I I don't mind that necessarily. I, I think I do mind this entire thing because it starts going wild. But I don't mind the small pink butterfly. I don't mind that. Then they basically start extrapolating information from her kidnappers' ransom videos. Mm. And that is... Torn knee, so she rips her tights and kind of points to her. And then waist knot, which is basically her giving her her whereabouts because she's triangulating herself, like the bunker where she's being held. Those are the two things she can see. Yes. A tawny owl, the pub that they're having a pint in, which does look very lovely, and a recycling center. So it's like she's, she's showing people where she is by that. That is madness. Well, going back to the contrivance
1: level, it's just it's crazy contrivance that they go to that pub in the final act. Yeah, and that just happens uh, to be the exact other clue. Yeah, I mean, at generous you could say Jonathan's subliminally taking them there because he's already cracked it. Yeah, but waste not, meaning recycling center. No, I'm not having that. I think that's a bit. That's, that's really strange. And I think it is. Remwick does have a loophole in why these mad clues exist. It is mm. at the party at the beginning, they go into a lot of detail that Lindsay Isherwood is a kind of solutions genius. And her whole thing is being ingenious under fire and coming up with mad solutions and communicating things. And there's a big clunky bit of exposition that establishes that up top. And I think it's just to justify these clues. I developed this new fractal compression codec to combat generation loss through chroma subsampling. Lots of
0: fuss about nothing. Yeah, Lindsay Isherwood, top solutions analyst. Voted number one in the country by experts. What did they call you? Some kind of problem-solving genius.
1: A balloon that's not inflated with helium and it has a watch inside it. Yeah. (laughs) That's not going anywhere, is it? (laughs) I mean, when Jonathan's recounting it, the one line I thought was absolutely fantastic when he goes, Raging Gales would have helped it on its way. Raging Gales, was it? (laughs) Which we've not
0: seen, really. I feel like that's good. I feel like that's going... Straight down. Absolutely, yeah. It's fair. But also as well, it's like she set it to May 1st, which is May Day. But like that was no reference other than the fact that she's in trouble. She's been fucking kidnapped. We know she's been kidnapped. <laughs> like May Day. Yeah, we know you're in trouble. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's, it's an odd one. I don't mind this as much as I mind quite a lot of them. But I think it's it's one of those ones where uh, I think that they think they've given you enough to be able to solve it. I think they think that, oh, well, we've, we, all the clues are there. Are they bollocks there? Mm. Like, there's just no way. When I when, when she said to Mayday and they went,
1: oh, Mayday, even though I knew she was kidding, I, that didn't click for me. I was like, oh, what happened on Mayday? Yeah. Just... <laughs> just... Just write something on the balloon.
0: Yeah, in it uh, dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's really... Put the address. Put, like, the number. Number. Number of the bunker. Yeah, like, as a things like, in this one, yes, it does make sense, but it's not satisfying. At all. yeah no. <laughs> I think... I,
1: yeah, I just... Because, again, there's two many little things that don't add up like I think it's also because they're involved in it that it's not that this is a coincidence that it just happens to other people and if it goes wrong Jonathan never hears about it it's going right every step of the way and they're involved so for instance the point I'm thinking of there is the watch falling into Denise's hood yes yes it's just every single bit is too sculpted and they're alive and involved in it as, as it's going on. The fact that it's in her hood and she puts her hood up and she doesn't go, oh, what's that?
0: It's a watch in my head. Yeah. yeah. Ow. It's, um, yeah, it's all too clean, isn't it? It's all, it all happens just too neatly and too clean. And actually it's not neat or clean at all. So it's really odd there. And you've got,
1: also, I know we're going to get onto them specifically, but I just want to talk about them in a slightly different context you still alongside that got these parochial mysteries yes. that are like parochial mysteries slash Meldrews. Yes. And they kind of, dub- I, this is the first episode where I realized they're blending into the same thing. Yeah. Because the specific the thing with June Whitfield and the mystery of them reading that letter, that's a mystery kind of like the ashes and the rumba. Yeah. But actually then ends up a bit like a Meldrew.
0: Yeah, it really does. And it's like, I almost think as well he does it in quite a cheeky way where it's like misdirection so not only could i have never worked it out but worked out the main mystery by the clues that i've got you're also sort of leading me down a path in not a satisfying like oh that's funny like red herring way you're actually leading me down a path that's just like well yeah i am of course i'm gonna think that because you've made me think that
1: and it's just completely inconsequential.
0: Yeah, it it just kind of ties into the B storyline of Jonathan
1: being more sociable in this village. Yes, yeah, yeah that's yeah. why <laughs> that actually exists. That's the B yeah. part in this. You know what a kicker is? It was only a couple of nights ago. He said he'd try and pop round here when he got a minute. Have a look at your stiff clutch.
0: Did you mention that to me at all? Don't mention it. Well, that was his trade, wasn't it? Kev Perry, car mechanic a real choker. Okay, that's the effect, the method and the reveal, but there are other elements which make up every episode of Jonathan Creek and they're again more and more important in these episodes including the Victor Meldrew award for most unbelievable scene. Two big ones here, I guess the biggest one and it is got to take it is the Twins of June Whitfield. Being stand-up comedians, I think it's. <laughs> I kind of like how naff it is a little bit, Heidi and Laurel. I I I do like how naff it is a little
1: tiny bit. Also, the be called Heidi and Laurel. The whole thing this is a classic Renwick. You can see it inexorably marching towards yeah. the pun joke conclusion of Jonathan going.
0: And I love the way you didn't go for the obvious name, Laurel and Heidi. <laughs> Laurel and Oh, there's a thought. I can go put that in next time, don't you? I don't mind it, other than the fact that they kind of use it to misdirect you a little bit. But I guess that's where we are. It's, it's really sweet. It is, yeah. I, I like that one of them is so into it and the other one thinks it's fucking nonsense.
1: I also love that they're expanding the world of Horace Greeley. Yeah. <laughs> in the third
0: episode of a three episode
1: run series. Oh, uh, we know what? Let's dig into Horace Greeley a bit more. Which, that's the thing I
0: kind of like, and that's kind of what we were asking for last episode. If there was a, it was a full season or, or another two seasons of this, and it was a thing. Uh, which I, I, I don't mind, other than the fact that I do think it's used a bit cheekily. But also, uh, Horace and the bird. Yeah, the heron. The heron thing. Yeah, because jo- Jonathan types bring
1: heron Sunday, meaning bring yeah. her on Sunday to meet a fan. Yeah. And he brings a heron.
0: But what's really strange is why does Jonathan get so annoyed? Jonathan, like, gets so annoyed by us. Like, he's he goes basically full Meldrew.
1: I mean, we've established Jonathan's grown up into a grumpy bastard.
0: Yeah. He goes fucking mental, <laughs> Horace. I despair. I completely and utterly despair it
1: was to meet a fan, wasn't it?
0: It was. Or the, un- the underwear model, like, that they kind of a bit mean to. From a psychology point of view on Jonathan, ask, is that quite
1: telling that he does want to meet someone who remembers all the stuff he did?
0: And then when he finds out it was a heron, he fucking freaks out. Yeah. Heron could be a fan. Like, heron could be a fan, yeah. Very, very, very odd, that is. Have you got anything else of Belgium? Well, it's mad that we're not even talking about the
1: male model, uh, the male escort misidentification. Yeah. Mis- mis- because it has quite a dark ending, which can be a bit Meldrew, but that is a Meldrew setup. That's a sitcom setup, just misunderstanding that your husband's mate is coming around for a different reason,
0: and then he dies. And then he dies, <laughs> which is very one foot in the
1: grave. Yeah, I've seen the put them a dog in a freezer.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a wild one. That is.
1: Which which what's getting the award? What what are we saying? I feel like it's
0: got to be Laurel and Heidi, isn't it? Even the, even though... I think the Heron is pretty good, but I, let's give it Laurel and Heidi. Because he... he That's the thing, is, like, I feel like Richard Wilson, as Victor Meldrew, there's, like, a sweetness to him. But maybe that's because he is actually old. <laughs> mm. So when he acts angry and stuff like that, you're like, oh, it's funny when an old man says that. When it's, like, a middle-aged man who... It's just getting angry at an old man for a misunderstanding. Silly misunderstanding. I don't find that that funny. I find it actually quite rude and mean. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. So yeah, let's let's give it to the twins, <laughs> June Whitfield and June Whitfield. <laughs> Thing that's dated the most. I think Jonathan Creek talking about that photo, saying, "Check out that resolution." <laughs> The more the more that we go on, I think Renwick is definitely like a tech dad. He's into it, but doesn't know quite the right words. He's definitely the man at the wedding going over to the photographer going, oh, what lens are you using for that? Oh, is it 50 mil? Oh, lovely. Love it. Love it.
1: When I directed Judas Tree, um, we used (laughs) to... Jonathan also, another point, describes something as going viral. Nice. It's
0: like slightly dated now, I think, that. I remember hating that phrase because I'd actually been in meetings with morons who were above me going you know what we should do we should make a viral video and everyone's like oh that's a great idea well done well done and i'm just like that's an yeah, effect you... rather than something you engineer you freak yeah <laughs> i'll just i'll just press the that magic instead of the export button i'll press the viral button next time i'm doing a video shall i
1: saying that it's dated it actually has renewed relevance
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully this viral podcast goes viral. Like we're recording it because we're under lockdown. But going viral is positively in vogue. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's all I got. That's all I got for that. Most British thing, them eating venison. I don't even want to say it. F word. That as a food. They're a type of sausage, like a loose sausage. It's a big, big meatball. They sound good. So we have them in Wales the southwest like bristol have them but like they're really really big in wales like you would have uh f word and peas and mushy peas lovely they they need to rebrand those (laughs) yes they really do just come on big meatballs big british meatballs (laughs) boom done that afternoon tea they seem to be having i think that's a that's,
1: that's that's very nice isn't it it's a slightly British thing, like her mad cooking. Yeah. Kind of mad combinations, like the Stilton something cake. It's just, yeah. it's almost making out that an old British woman makes mad stuff.
0: Yeah. But my, um my nan was, my, my great nan was very much like that. And she always, always had just loads of different food going. Like it'll be like, like half a fruit cake that she cooked like two weeks ago is always on the go. So I, I do kind of like that. But I definitely think that kind of afternoon tea. Do you know what? Like uh, for Clara's birthday, because Clara had her birthday under lockdown. I was like, oh, and she likes like afternoon tea. And we both kind of like, I like that idea of having like, you know, like a big pyramid of fingers, foods and shit like that. Like big into that. So I was like, oh, I wonder if there's anywhere doing like a posh afternoon tea. So I looked it up and there was like, one of them was like 55 quid afternoon tea hamper. I was like, oh, let me have a look at that then. I think eight triangle sandwiches, so, like, actually, what's that? Two sandwiches? Yeah, two full sandwiches. A packet scone, or two packet scones, and two eclairs, 55 quid. You stick it up your ass. Wow, man, that's insane. But I think the Dorchester Hotel has started doing them now. So, if this lockdown keeps on going. You're going to get a dorchie in? Yeah, get a little dorchie in on payday. <laughs> payday Dorchy. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you get loads. And I bet you can get some nice champagne and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you do... I'm not saying it. Do you do big British meatballs? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I, I, would, I would never say that on the phone <laughs> to the Dorchy. <laughs> uh, that's all I got for most British thing. I put
1: Jonathan's pint glass. I've never seen that Ooh, type of pint yeah. glass in any other country. Yeah. And that is... That's That's a classic British pub pint of ale pint glass. It's the one with little dimples on it.
0: Yeah. Not quite a tankard. Not quite a glass. We um, went through a phase because it it came up when I worked at a pub when I was at university, but we had locals there because it was that kind of pub and they all had their own glasses and then that kind of went away for a bit because it was also the pub where all the Welsh speakers went. So it was a bit of a party pub as well. Cause it was just like every single night there was like some kind of mad offers on. So in the summertime we would bring back the locals' glasses. So for ages, I had like my own glass and stuff. That's a great idea. Hanging above the bar as well. I like the idea of yours, It was kind of like an Alan Partridge glass. It was slightly bigger. So you got more of a pint. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really nice. Like you go in and like, oh, can I just get a pint please? And then they, they would get your glass down which is really good. Ah, that was lovely, that was really good. Oh, quick tip, then. You know the uh, breakfast buffet? Eat as much as you like, but from an eight-inch plate. See that? 12 inches. Keep, Keep it in my room. So we've kind of touched on a little bit, but it's definitely not all right that Denise is that afraid of her husband. Yeah. Like, Although, to be fair, she is also having an affair. I'm not saying you should be afraid of him like that, though. Yeah, that's really not. I don't like that at all. But before Denise stuff even happened, I had Denise in there because just the way that Polly was talking about Denise before you'd even met her, it was like, "Oh, our new cleaner, Denise." I was just like slagging her off behind her back, like, "Oh, she won't shut up." Poor Denise. Yeah, it's really snobbish. Really snobbish. Polly's Polly's quite snobbish. Like, Polly's really snobbish.
1: It's it's kind of the "League of Gentlemen" sketch with the cleaner. Yes, Mrs. Levinson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that, I think that plays into her like, oh yeah, she would get an escort, wouldn't she? Why are you going round and helping her yeah. move a body then? Yeah, you seem like best mates. That definitely plays into the Mrs. Levinson thing. Like, Oh, the denouement on that sketch after three years is <gasps> sublime.
0: Beautiful. Oh. Beautiful.
1: I wonder if they always had that in mind. I, th- I think so. Yeah, it's really good. That's fantastic. That.
0: No, we're all in Sunday in your summit, when you're out, you deluded, dried-up-all witch, with hot flushes and nothing but a buzzing Phillips lady-share between your legs to keep you company on a cold winter's night. I pity you, lady. <laughs> Where does this leave us? Three all, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan calling Arabella Mad Arabella that, Where's that come from? <laughs> that's his girlfriend Also ti- <laughs> and That's his girl's friend Also as well. timeline on that huh?
1: <laughs> What's that? So, so we're 2014 now If we've always assumed yeah. Showtime is real time Yes so There's nothing that implies otherwise Six years ago Puts us at 2008 so that's what he was up to. Yeah. So that is before the events of Judas Tree. Right. Okay. Uh, so in Judas Tree, which is. Was Judas Tree? Yeah, that, he's still Joey. He's not a marketing exec in Judas
0: Tree. Yeah, it's Joey. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, when does that relationship happened? No sign of it then. He was going but dinner nice. parties back in 2008, was
0: he? Yeah. With Mad Arabella. Maybe that's why it didn't work. I think the newspaper website posted in like a really horrible. Grotesque ransom video? Mm.
1: Would they do that? I don't that's know. probably not. Huh? I'd never seen a ransom video. Yeah. How often do people actually get kidnapped and help for ransom? It's a good question. Like famous
0: people, I know.
1: Like it happens on a smaller level, like smaller level. But
0: I guess like it happens in films and stuff. All that more than it happens in real life, I reckon. Yeah. The new Perry Mason right now—that's about kidnapping. Starts with like a big kidnapping thing. Do you remember the film Ransom by Mel Gibson? The swimming pool. It's swimming. A good film. I loved that. I absolutely loved it.
1: I put. Polly seeing the character of Daisy Shand mad name Daisy mm. Shand as a threat but then being really dismissive of a plus size lady yeah that's not I thought it's yeah. quite mean it's like oh no it can't be an underwater model looks at her and goes yeah I should be really yeah. funny for Jonathan to meet her yeah I think that's a
0: really It's really not on on thing nice. well it's just horrible <laughs> really not on. just like bit. it's adding into the the, the poly narrative of her being a bit fucking snooty for no reason I think the one that pissed me off though yeah
1: do you have this oh, this one really well, pissed me off maybe um, just talking about the man Jonathan has become and the man that we left in that windmill yeah when she comes back from disposing of the body mm. he says it's probably illegal he goes
0: everything's illegal now there'll be some European statute governing the re-immersion of corpses in water without their written consent I don't know is he a Brexit? <gasps> He's fucking Brexit, isn't he? He's moved out to the country. He's a Brexit. He's a Brexit prick. It could be, you know. That's a
1: that's something people say. Just going, oh, everything's illegal these days. Can't do anything these days. Is that Jonathan yeah. Creek that we knew? Absolutely not. No. Maybe that just shows you what can happen it's when the magic leaves your life. You start blame. You start blaming Brussels for it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Disgusting. Blaming everything on Brussels. That's what Creak's about now. Just <laughs> so watch this
1: show going. Just, uh, so he comes in, and i going,
0: Is this the magician guy? He's like, Not anymore. He's not. <laughs> no. He's got some uh, quite questionable views. It's like when you find out someone you really like as a Scientologist, you're like, Oh, Jesus Christ, no. He's
1: a little windmiller.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Grot cabinet there. Let's open that up. Been pretty light on the ground mm. uh, for Grot Cabinet for a while, but uh, Denise running away with it. Like she's opened up a little house inside the Grot Cabinet and she's living very happily with Adam Klaus. I think, like, the way she just keeps talking about her man not shagging her, <laughs> then getting an. And, like, I love the escort bit where she's just like, You have, fun. I've already done it, Polly. I've already got him coming round. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh so much yeah that that was and then like they kind of play her for laughs and they kind of do it on purpose but like when her boobs are almost popping out like i a thing i've put denise's nightgown that is low <laughs> wild i loved it it was great fair play denise i love i like that's the thing is like i kind of all of that is so naughty but i i'm kind of in i kind of into it because. Good luck to Denise, you know, like she deserves to be happy and she's not getting it from her husband as we continually hear. So I don't I don't mind. There's an IMDb trivia thing. And obviously on IMDb, anybody can uh, put trivia on there. And someone put on there, Josie Lawrence used to appear on Have I Got News For You which Caroline Quentin also appeared on once. <laughs> it was like, Caroline Quentin was also in Jonathan Creek. I was like, oh, that's someone. I looked at it, I was like, that is absolutely useless. But it's also, that's written by someone who really misses Caroline Quentin, isn't it? Like us. Oh, I think that's what that is. Yeah. Should we close our grot cabinet then? And for the penultimate time, let's do a little romance update on... Uh, on Polly and Jonathan, kind of. Uh, when we get into that, do you notice? I, I guess this is probably quite a small thing, but what section of the paper Jonathan is reading? He's reading the art section. In my head, he's looking. He's looking around for new mag- magicians, and he's like, "Ooh, yeah, that that looks like a good show that I could go to and cry." Oh, um, don't tell me. That's why. That's what I think he's doing.
1: Um, a very strange. The third episode of a three-episode run before the special that's going to come. Putting their epi- their relationship on the rocks. Yeah, because it's really odd for a while. Because the beginning of the episode opens with Polly kind of upbraiding Jonathan for not being sociable enough. Which yes. I can almost see her point sometimes because he's not being very friendly to these people in the village. And yeah, he might not have wanted to move there, but he's he's she says to him and not be so quick to judge, which actually isn't a nice trait. No, and he should be a bit open minded. And I'm kind of with Polly on that. But then this extra plot line of Daisy Shan comes in and Jonathan's having a grand old time chatting to her. Yeah. And you just think, oh, it's just a big misunderstanding. But then the shot at the end when she sees him talking to her on the balcony.
0: Yeah. It's actually really really sad. all. I was waiting for a payoff that just does not come. I thought yeah. like oh, she's, I don't know at the beginning I was like, oh he's remembered that she's this jeweler. And he's, she's making a nice yeah. necklace for Polly or something like that. No, she's a weather lady. Every time Polly turns around, he's fucking perving on her on the internet. Or she's around his office for some reason. She catches him there. That is what's happening, isn't it? He's perving on her. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's even that bit, you know, where she breaks her leg. And Creek says, well, that's put the kibosh on our plans then. What? I was like, I've missed something. Yeah.
1: It's really horrible when she sees him on the balcony and he knows he's been caught looking at her while she walks away. And Polly's face is really sad. And then she walks in and it's says, really oh, like the stench of, um, what did she say? She's, oh, the rancid stench of adultery. And a, yeah. I think she's recounting a line for a pitch that they just
0: done. But it never goes anywhere. And that's how you're leaving them. It's really strange. I don't, I, don't, I, I kept thinking we were going to have this big payoff for it, but the payoff is Jonathan's just trying to make, just really fancies her. That's the payoff. And then the payoff in the episode in a sense
1: is Polly curses her with the, the bronze lamp, which is Burley in it. That's really sad
0: that is though, because she's really happy that she's broken her leg and she kisses the lamp but you're just like, is this what you think your marriage is? I feel like if that is a good point in your marriage, you need to get out of that marriage because he's treating you like shit. I mean, because that's the thing. We've not obviously spent too much time with them,
1: but we've had a, you know, a special and two episodes. Yeah. While it seems like they've got together a bit later in life, it doesn't seem like Jonathan's had any of that in him. No. um, Although Jonathan was not a womanizer but he was popular with the ladies when he was younger. We know that from the show.
0: Yes. But also, I really like in this episode Polly and Jonathan solving the mysteries, talking it out and Polly saying, oh, this one stumped me. Like, I was like, oh, this is nice. Like, they're actually doing something that I want them to be doing. And what I thought was a nice variation
1: on that is he didn't get frustrated with her like he has other um, assistants for want of a better word. I'm using the magic word. Yeah. he is not getting frustrated with her and she's pretty good as well given that it's not even her background unlike Joey
0: who gets exasperated by any clues <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah strange isn't it it's like it's a really odd uh, and like, considering this like this is the end of a series as well yeah do you know you get the special I, cause I can't even remember what the special covers,
1: but you're basically just saying that Jonathan Creek is deeply he's quite unhappy in where he is in his life which yeah. is a horrible way to leave him
0: and the way that he's dealing with that is by potentially wrecking Polly's life, which is really not on. It's so weird. Dad's just died. Yeah, Dad's Dad's died. She's stuck in a village somewhere. She just remembered Twitcher died. Was put down. Now you're inv- Yeah. Now you're inviting fucking where the lady's just round, and the way that he positions her on the table as well is really odd because Polly is like off to the side, so. As much as I I don't think, like, we've spent enough time for me to be able to care about Polly, I still don't want anybody treated like that because that's awful. I also, I
1: don't want the character that I love to become that.
0: Yeah. So it's a weird place to leave it, isn't it? In the penultimate episode of uh, things, we've got one more special. That's it. That's it. The man that windmill are milled now is potentially
1: cheating on his wife and raging at Brussels
0: yeah but we got one more episode we got one more episode for him to turn it all around who knows what's gonna happen because i don't remember (laughs) on the next episode we watch the final episode of jonathan creek demons roost Up the Creek is produced by RKG. We make podcasts and videos about games, movies, basically anything fun, including 23-year-old BBC shows about a magician's assistant who lives in a windmill. If you'd like to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash RKG.